0: Everyone wants happiness. We want to feel good. We want to be happy all the time. We do so many things to try and be happy. We buy things. We try and get things. We try and get people to do things for us. We try and change our life. So we're on a mission to be happy all the time. But what really creates lasting happiness? In this beautiful podcast, we're going to learn some of the secrets to true happiness. This is a masterclass in happiness and we're gonna learn some fascinating things that are a bit different from perhaps what you have thought about happiness. I'm gonna bust some myths about happiness and discover what you can do right now to actually increase your happiness in a real way. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, Shireen, how are you doing? Look at that smiling face of yours. Shireen is always happy. That's what I really appreciate about Shireen. Shireen is a wonderfully happy soul. I remember seeing a video of Shireen many years ago before I met her personally. I watched about seven seconds and I thought, what a wonderful, happy soul she is. So we have a lot to learn from you, Shireen tell us.
1: Thank you, Michael. I will take that as a blessing. Well, it's a, I will take that as a blessing.
0: It's true. It's true. Look at that wonderful smile. See, it doesn't, don't you feel better? Everyone looking at just Shireen smiling. Whenever I see <laughs> Shireen smiling, I feel like the world is a better place straight away. So, All right, right. So
1: you do have a silver tongue. No, now.
0: So, <laughs> So we have wonderful opportunity here to learn about what actually creates happiness in a real way? What is the things we need to know in order to really experience lasting happiness?
1: You know, when we talk about in our founding documents uh, in the US, uh, like the declaration of, what was the founding documents where it says uh, in the pursuit of happiness? Was it you who told me that the Declaration of Independence, that was it you who told me that the word pursuit is actually meaning practice?
0: Yeah, it's the pursuit of happiness, when they wrote that apparently, what they intended was the, the word pursuit meant the practice of happiness. So we have the right to the practice of happiness, the pursuit of happiness, doing things that will lead to happiness rather than just trying to get happiness directly.
1: Yes, yes, uh, anyway, um they said it in one sentence, and researchers have found <laughs> to be that to be true after many millions of dollars <laughs> and many tomes of research and research in positive psychology pretty much tells you that, right? But I have a question for you: um, Let's say someone is uh paralyzed, so this is the example this Harvard professor gives. If someone is paralyzed, and how are they going to feel, let's say, a year later versus someone who, is, um, who wins the lottery? A year later, so one person he wasn't expecting to be paralyzed gets paralyzed. And one person he wasn't expecting to win the lottery and he wins the lottery. A year later, who do you think will be happier
0: well, you'd think that the person who won the lottery would be ecstatically joyful, and the person who is paralysed would would be constantly distressed and depressed. That's what you'd think, that's isn't it? Not.
1: That's what you think, but that's not true. Apparently, they've have done research on many, many people, and both of them are equally happy. Equally happy.
0: Does that mean that their yes. their level of happiness, whatever it was before, it kind of goes up or down and then it returns back to what it was? Is that what you mean? Yes,
1: yes. So the goes down or goes up apparently lasts for three months. That's what research is showing, that it lasts for three months. And um, afterwards, then it returns to normal. So some things might take a little longer, but a year later, everyone comes back to the same spot the way they were before. They're equally happy.
0: That's fascinating. So you're saying that if somebody gets a bunch of money or buys a new house, you know, or gets a cool car or gets in a relationship or something. And they think, oh my God, this is so wonderful that in three months, that whatever high they had from that is going to drop down and they're going to be basically back where they were before that happened. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Back where they were. Back where they were. So researchers found that humans have the capacities, human soul, right? I'm sure animals have it faster. They bounce back faster and they don't have desires for cars and stuff. But anyway, the human soul bounce backs really fast, right? Human beings bounce back really fast and they call that the capacities to synthesize happiness. That's what they call it. The capacity to synthesize happiness that all of us, you know, just like the body has an immune system, the psyche has an immune system and the immune system corrects itself and everyone has the capacity to synthesize happiness out of events that you didn't think you didn't want or you it's very undesirable to looking from here right if I'm thinking oh six months from now someone's going to get surgery and if you tell them oh six months from now, now you're going to get surgery they're going to feel upset and they're worried and all of those things but actually that's not true that after the surgery, after three months, you just bounce back.
0: That's very interesting. So someone gets something that they think is going to be wonderful. They go up and come back down to the way they were. And if someone has a major setback, illness or loses money or something, they drop down and then they go back up to where they were.
1: Yes. Yes. Because the immune system of the psyche just takes over and then you bounce back. We all have Every human being has the capacity to synthesize happiness. They tested this even on amnesiac patients and even they have the capacity to synthesize happiness. The people who have uh, low-grade amnesia, people who have lots of amnesia, they don't remember what happened in their life they also have the capacity to synthesize happiness. So that is called synthesized happiness. Synthesized happiness is whatever life throws at you, you have the capacity to synthesize happiness out of that.
0: To get the benefit from it, to come back to happiness.
1: Yeah, to get the benefit from it, to come back stronger. Everyone, pretty much everyone, right? And so we have to allow for that. And it's called the impact bias. The impact bias is where we have a bias, we overestimate the effect or impact of future events. Like, oh, if I lose my job, I'll feel so bad. Or, oh, if I this relationship ends, I'll feel so bad. Or if this relationship begins, I will feel so good. All of that, right? It's an impact bias, impact bias. So you overestimate how you're going to, the intensity and the durability. You will think, oh, I'll never be happy again, right? Like in a relationship ends and you think, oh, you'll never be happy again. But apparently the The research has shown that there is an impact bias and the intensity and the durability of the happiness is chronically always overestimate how we are going to feel about it.
0: We think the impact of the event is going to be a certain way and it normally is in our anticipation or idea about what's going to happen is wrong. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, Absolutely.
0: So we think if I make a million dollars, then everything will be great in my life. And it turns out that it doesn't make much difference. Or someone thinks, you know, if, if I get sick, that's going to wreck everything forever and ever. And it doesn't actually.
1: No, it doesn't. And uh, what, they, what research has shown is that there is a baseline amount of money you need. Mm -hmm. to be happy right right I think 10 years ago or something it was 50 or 60 thousand dollars per year per person or something like that that's baseline Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that every and beyond that if you increase the amount of money then your happiness level doesn't increase
0: yeah I heard it as something like 75,000 a year and then beyond that it's very minor change in happiness.
1: Yes, it's very minor change. You have to change a lot of other things in your life to find happiness. And so one of the things is I remember when I got one of my cars, I think it was my third car. It was an expensive car and I really wanted that. It was an Acura. And, um, and I really searched for it, right? I wanted it be gold I wanted it to be Acura and I wanted it to do all of those things and then um, and I looked for it I went to so many dealerships looking for this particular kind of a car that I really wanted and then um, and it was stretching my budget, really stretching my budget and I was taking a loan to buy that car and I worked so hard for it to go get the car, to go look for the car, and then finally I found the car. And then it took me six years to pay off the car Mm -hmm. because I took a loan for it. But the happiness of getting the car was only three months. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. did, so, Mahana, ha-
0: let's just stop here, right? So, so you got the car, right? Obviously, you wanted it. How did you feel when you first got the car, when you drove it out of I was the
1: really happy. I was really happy. Right, right. And then the you next... You know, I remember driving. I remember driving to, um, um, I you know, we do this uh, blessing ceremony for it, right, where we crack a coconut and stuff. And I remember driving halfway across Florida because um, I was meeting uh, my... Elders, Wadi Ben, it's somewhere so that she can crack a coconut and she can bless the car. So, <laughs> I was so happy I was, so happy. It's
0: got a whole ceremony for your car. Everyone stays.
1: <laughs> yes. So, needless to say, I did drive the car for 18 years right? I did drive the car for 18 years, so it was a good choice. I'm not saying it was a bad choice, but I would have been equally happy if I got a Toyota Camry or Toyota Corolla or something, right? Because after a while, you don't notice the car. After three months of, oh, how ecstatic this car is, you don't notice it.
0: Yeah, you have to wonder about all these people buying Teslas and whatever else, hundreds grand or whatever, and then and then it just sits around and they have to charge it up all the time you know and it's like all these things that you don't think about after a while so so let's just look at this very practically so you got the car you were very happy about it to begin with did you notice a point where it didn't make any difference I
1: stopped noticing it. I don't think it it, it even lasted for three months. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a month and a, a month, half, two a months half. into it. I just two months. It, I just stopped noticing the car. So it became
0: became normalized. In other words, you kind of just yes. get used to it. You know, I've heard a lot of people who have shopping addiction, like who buy clothes. Uh, I've seen documentaries about this where they buy, buy they, they like love buying clothes and they're so excited about buying clothes and they get the clothes and they get them online and go to the stores and they have so many clothes that they still have them in the bag, right, it, it, from the store. Like they buy all these bags and they put them in the cupboard and they haven't even opened them up. But by the time they actually get to look at the clothes, that excitement is completely gone and they haven't even worn them once, Right. so so the idea the idea of the thing coming this is what i've noticed like if i buy something on amazon i think it depends what it is right If it's something that i think i want i'm like when's it coming when's it coming because it takes longer for things to get here than it does in florida right when is it coming and i check the date oh why hasn't it arrived yet what's going on right and i'm looking for it and then it finally gets here and i go down to the mailbox and i open it up and and i'm like all right fine you know now I, and, <laughs> and, and, and now i have walked, to right? unpack this stuff and put it away and you know and now there's more things in the house and so many things i've bought like after i don't didn't hardly use use them didn't need them and then i have to get rid of them right so i've actually had to take time <laughs> to find the thing then take time to wait for it to arrive then get it and then have to take time to get rid of it um and what a toll Waste of money and energy that is, and this happens again and again and again. and I'm still fooled by it even now. I'm I'm learning um, to have like a pause between buying things and actually wanting wanting them and buying them. But um, wanting
1: them and buying them—that's a yeah. really good idea. For me, the thing that stops me is I don't like clutter. If I look at something, I first think of the clutter. That's
0: good. That's <laughs> I think, good. Do
1: I want the clutter? Can no, I, I don't want this? the clutter.
0: No, that's that's a, that's a really good <laughs> method because I, to be perfectly honest I've always find this interesting like if I was to do a space clearing today where I say I'm gonna get rid of like 20% of my stuff it brings me so much joy it brings me genuine happiness and joy to get rid of things when I when I'm dropping off things at the thrift store it's such a joyful thing I'm like yay I've got rid of this box and I've got rid of this box and yay then my house is more minimal and I've got less stuff and I feel so much better so I, I get about 10 times more happiness removing things from the house than getting them. Isn't that a bit odd? What do you think that's all about? Why, why, do, why is that bringing me so much joy, do you think?
1: I don't, I don't like clutter. I just don't like clutter. You know, so this impact bias, right? We need to be aware of this impact bias. It really make use of it. You know, when we say like, we all have iPhones, we all have smartphones, we all have pretty much a later version of iPhone than an earlier version of iPhone. Um, why? Because we are keeping up to date with technology. We are keeping up to date with, you know, everything that technology has to offer. That is, This research on happiness is the latest technology. We have to look at it and we have to keep up to date with it, right? Just keep reading it and listening to it and really imbibing it in your life. Because if you don't cultivate it in your life, then it's not a technology that you're using. Right. Like you can't just say, oh, that's a nice iPhone to have and just put it in the shelf. It's really a nice iPhone if you're using it. Mm -hmm. So this technology that we have about happiness, there's so much research on happiness. Right. We need to really use it in our lives. I especially use the impact bias a lot. I made it a point of it being in my head all the time, every time. Every time I want something, every time I'm looking at something, every time I think about it, is it worth the three months? No. Am I working more than three months for this? If it's yes, then no. Mm-hmm.
0: That's if I'm working
1: more than three months for something, I I don't want it because the happiness is only for three months. Why, do I, why am I working more than three months for it?
0: That's very interesting. So you're saying that before you buy anything, you're thinking, okay, this is going to run out of any happiness I'm going to get within three months. So if I have to work really hard for a long time, then what's the point? Because it's not going to last in the long run. Absolutely. So so this is very important. Let's just emphasize this, impact bias. Impact bias is, is a term most people would never heard about, right? So whenever we think, okay, I want to do this, I want to have this, I want to go to this place, I want this thing, to be aware that our perception around how that's going to make us feel is probably wrong, almost guaranteed to be wrong, and it's we're just going to have a temporary high And then it's going to come right back down to where we are now, like our limit, like our thermostat setting, happiness thermostat. It's going to go up and down, or it might go down and back up again. And so, realistically, hardly anything's going to change that baseline. Yeah, and um, no,
1: some things can change. We can talk about what changes the baseline. So (laughs)
0: most things don't change the baseline. This is such an important thing, right? Physical
1: things definitely don't change the baseline. Right,
0: and um, so we could watch a movie, or we could do this, or we could do that, and it goes up and down, up and down, but then it ends up back where it was. So, so what would you say? Like ninety percent of most of the stuff, you know, we tend to be doing to make us happy is just going to go up and down and come back to the baseline? Is it, is it almost all like basically a waste of time when it comes down to it?
1: <laughs> Not all is waste of time, right? Investing in good relationships is very good idea. Um, I was recently reading the longest um, study on happiness from Harvard again. They started in 1930s and with like 800 people or so, and then it just increased to their children and their grandchildren and stuff like that. But one thing they say, which we say in our teachings, is there is no nourishment like happiness. Mm. So we usually, we go after health. We go after health thinking, um, I would like to be healthy because the health will give me happiness. But what research is showing is that actually happiness will give you health.
0: That's fascinating. So instead of health giving happiness, happiness gives health. Isn't yes, that, isn't happiness
1: it? gives health. Happiness gives health. Somehow, intuitively, instinctively, I knew this because I kept hearing this no nourishment like happiness. And when I was very sick with cancer, um, at that point, uh, Dadi Janki, um, one of our elders, she said, you can train yourself to do anything. And I was in really a kind of a funk at that point, right? Not feeling too enthused about life and all of those things. And so I remember getting up um, in the morning every day, getting up in the morning. The first thing I did was I went into the bathroom and put put the light on and smiled. I smiled Till I felt good. I smiled at my, my um, image till I felt good, like smiled at myself till I felt good. And usually about a minute into smiling, I felt fine. And I feel that smiling... That really, that smiling and also gratitude, I added gratitude to it, really made me happy. You know, just gratitude for having breath, gratitude. Sometimes it was hard to find. Like I would find new things uh, in the day. Like, okay, I should find at least one or two new things I'm grateful for today, right? It's not the same things I had grateful for yesterday. And so I would do that. So really smiling and being grateful really helps in increasing your happiness. And, you know, many times I think if I'm not happy with what I have, then what makes me think I'll be happy with whatever I get?
0: This is very, very deep. Let's just... Look into this a bit more. I remember going on a walk one time and had had the same realization because throughout my life I've wanted certain things. I wanted to have my own business and be able to live anywhere I wanted and have a relationship and all these things. Right. I remember one time this this happened to me more than once actually. The most the most shocking time this happened was when I was in Hawaii. I was I was living in the most beautiful part of the most beautiful island in America. Right and walking on this exceptional beach and it was seven o'clock in the morning and I was walking along the beach. The weather was perfect. The wind was perfect. The sun was just coming up over the ocean. And I could see it and it was glistening on the ocean and there was no one around and I was just walking along and I remember thinking everything is perfect. I have loads of money. I've got everything I need, et cetera, et cetera. But I felt miserable in my heart and I remember thinking this is this is so weird.
1: You're over that right now though, right, Michael?
0: I'm over it now. You know, I've, I've learned some of my lessons since then, but I just remember walking. Because
1: you look happy now. You look happy.
0: No, I'm, I'm, no, this was a while ago, right? This is like, I don't know, 10 years, eight years ago or something. But, but I, it was like, everything was just so perfect externally, the sun's coming up, I, all, everything I, I was worried about, I think I want this and I want that, I got all of it, right? All the anxieties that I'd had, I thought once that's taken care of, then everything will be fine. And um, and what I realized is that it's there's a spiritual um, nourishment, a, a spiritual resonance, a spiritual vibration, true happiness, like a, there's an energy frequency That is the real deal, the real thing. And I wasn't experiencing that, even though I had all these other things. And it didn't make any difference. And I remember thinking, when am I going to learn my lesson here? Because I could say, well, you know, the reason I'm not happy is because I haven't got enough of, you know, enough success in some way. Or I need to do this other thing or have blah, 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 blah. And it just goes on and on and on and on. So there's, there's a different, there's almost like a different plane of happiness, a different, almost like a different uh, reality, a different paradigm where this real happiness comes from that has nothing to do with all that stuff. And if we don't have that, we're not going to be happy. And if we can't be grateful for what we have with all the blessings that we have, then how is that going to make any difference? Another time I remember going on a walk and I thought, if I can't appreciate everything that I've manifested and created in my life then at what point is it ever gonna make any difference like what is at what scale how, I know right yeah like because how,
1: we keep postponing
0: yeah how big does it have to get like a lot of people they say oh when I have enough money to pay my bills everything will be fine another thing I've noticed actually th- this is a real shock to me I remember thinking, because for a while I didn't have enough money when I was um, when I moved. To, I moved to Hawaii and I was living on the beach and you know, near the beach, and I had beautiful. Everything was great, but I didn't have enough money, and I thought I just need to sort this money out, and everything will be fine. So finally, I got enough money, so I could pay all my bills and everything I need. And I remember experiencing a very m- major shock to my system. Because my motivation in life to make enough money and to you know, ha- get out of survival mode, the motivation to, to do things was removed out of my life. And I had to find a different motivation that wasn't based on survival. And that really messed me up, actually. Because I was like, what am I sp- <laughs> what, what's going to get me out of bed in the morning? Because I was like freaked out. I need to make
1: money. This story has a sweet ending, right? You're here, you're now, you're happy.
0: Yeah, I'm happy now, but I'm happy because I've discovered something else, right? There's something deeper. But these are the sort of things that happen. We think, when I get this, then this will happen, then it'll be better, and then it doesn't do it, and then we think, oh, but there must be missing something, and then when I get this, it'll be better. And for some people, this might literally carry on until they die. And then on their deathbed, they think, hang on a minute, what was the point of all my life running around after all these things? Right,
1: right. When I started smiling and being really grateful for breath, then I really started to heal. It's not just the physical. I mean, I did a lot of things physically to heal the body, but mentally, emotionally, I healed where there was no scar. Illness did not leave a scar because I remember a few months later meeting someone who was going through breast cancer, just like I was, and they were telling me, oh, this is so hard. You know, you understand, no one else understands me, how hard it is, because they went through it and I went through it, we came out of it. And and I'm thinking, what hard, <laughs> right? I'm fine. It was really almost like a line drawn on water. I didn't really feel this thing of, oh, I should do something, um, you know, that something happened to me. I really didn't feel that way, that something happened to me. Mm. I, I really felt that I was healed, that it didn't leave any scars. And and I think that is the the thing about happiness, no? That is the thing about joy, that you shouldn't carry, linger, things that has happened in the past shouldn't linger in the present. That's the whole point of the synthesizing happiness is you should be able to, because you have the capacity to synthesize happiness. So why not use that capacity to synthesize happiness? Smile and be grateful.
0: (laughs) <laughs> smile and be well why don't we take a moment now to smile <laughs> I, I think smiling is uh i know it right brings just us that's... joy you know it really does
1: simultaneous smile all simultaneous of us. smile there you go just take a moment and smile oh. for no apparent reason <laughs>
0: i remember um a little while ago i was just practicing smiling because because of this reason i thought let me just wander around smiling even if no one's around right and um i felt so much better because i think it actually changes the chemicals in our brain and it just reprograms us to be happy so smiling and gratitude
1: yes the third one is filling our life with love and meaning. And when I say love, I, I, I don't want you to think, oh, but I don't have a romantic partner to love or I don't have loved ones around me. N- not that kind of love, right? It's a love for something higher, love for a higher purpose, love for meaning, Love for meaning, love for a mission in your life. Uh, many, many people, when they're surveyed, right, like recently, like maybe the Pew Charitable Trust or even. The Gallup poll. They ask questions about how is society doing, and many of the respondents say, in the U.S., this is in the U.S. Many of the respondents say, "Oh, society is going to the dogs. It's not doing well. It's this is wrong with it. That's wrong with it. There's so many partitions, and you know, there's like such a divide." And then when they ask them, "How are you doing?" they said, "I'm fine." (laughs) Everyone the uh, the uh, the survey talks to says. Yes, society is degrading, but I'm fine. So who is making up society? We are one of those people making up society. So we have to take individual responsibility and find a mission. We are all actually born with a mission. We are, every one of us is born with a mission in life. Some of us find it early and some of us take time to find it. And so take that time to find your mission because you will be happier. You will feel. What I found is actually your lifespan increases because you have a mission. Because I used to watch Dadi Janki. She was our uh, spiritual head. Uh, She uh, became... um, avyakth, we say, unmanifest, she transcended. She transcended in 2020 and she was 104. And I met her maybe in 94 or something. From then on, she always had a frail body. You know, there was always times when we used to sit in meditation because Dadi is not feeling well and all of those things, right? And every time she bounced back, every time she bounced back and she finally transcended in 2020, And so, and I really feel it's because she had a mission. She had a mission. Like she was so clear about her mission in life. She was very, very high level soul and she had a mission. So really I feel I've noticed it firsthand. You have a mission, your lifespan increases because that happiness, that mission will give you no amount of material things can give you that kind of happiness even in my own life I have that example where one of the best things that happened to me when I found my spiritual path was not the spiritual path itself it's wonderful I love all of it but that I found my mission I found my purpose Mm. and that made me so happy like so happy like it's a sustained joy right it just sustains you for a very long time forever and ever actually
0: what a wonder. Yeah, so when you have a purpose, a bigger mission, a mission that is inspiring and also that helps other people, then, exactly. then it gives exactly. us... So what, really what we're talking about is there's this baseline happiness and then we have this impact bias thinking that all these things are going to make us happy and they don't. And they bring us back to the level. To raise that level of happiness so that the general state of happiness is increased, like the, the experience, we need a spiritual practice of some kind to raise that up and also to have a mission. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, a higher purpose. I'm, I'm going to come to the spiritual practice in a bit. A higher purpose, mm-hmm. a higher purpose. If we don't have a higher purpose, first we have to admit something to ourselves that there might be a co- course correction needed in our life, right? It's not just society is degrading because someone else is degrading. <laughs> it's like, Look at yourself. Everyone always says
0: that, isn't it? Oh, I'm fine. I, you know, I've never done anything wrong, but the rest of the world, oh my God, I mean, like seriously. All right.
1: So we need to take some kind of personal responsibility. And we do the course correction. And then after we do the course correction, then we really look at our lives. And if you have not found your mission, there is a mission waiting for you. You're born with it. You're born with it. And so just find it just it's it's there already yeah you just need to find it
0: we can do a whole session on dharma and your mission another time because this is a big topic but just the, the essence of it as far as i can tell is that it's something that is um connected to our own personal higher calling something that that is deeply connected to us personally and also helps other people in some way that that's the essence of it and makes the world better because when we when we help other people yeah the mission it's about connecting to something deeper than ourselves what is our personal purpose in life and what do we believe and how can we make a difference and it also is about helping other people because that brings us joy and it's something bigger than ourselves these are the key things and There's been studies that show if we buy something for ourselves, for example, it might bring us some level of happiness and then it comes back. But if we give to others, it brings us a lot more happiness than doing things for ourselves. So if our mission is about helping other people in some way, it really does genuinely raise that bar up.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a sustained, it's a sustainable happiness. It's a sustained joy. The fourth one really is, so finding your mission is a sustainable kind of joy you do get, but the ultimate joy, the ultimate joy is finding your spiritual path. That is the ultimate joy. Again, all of us are born with a spiritual path we can connect with, right? There is something that we can connect with. You just have to go find it. What I've noticed is, especially a spiritual life, right? Like let's say we use the term body consciousness in our lessons where body consciousness is where we're just conscious of the labels of the body, where I'm just aware of my gender and my color and my race and my all of those things. So it's not, I'm not aware of myself as a spiritual being, but I'm aware of all of these different labels that people have put on me. And what I've noticed is if I buy into that, if I buy into the labels, label consciousness, right, label consciousness of I'm female, I'm Indian, American, if, I've, if I buy into that, I notice that my life becomes a very tiny life. If I want to have an expansive life, it's like internally expansive, right? It's not like externally you're jet setting around the world. It's not that. Internally where you feel your life is expansive. If you want a really expansive life and not a tiny life, then you have to have a spiritual practice that allows you to go beyond these labels, go beyond these limitations society has put on you and you yourself have put on yourself. It's almost like a mass hypnosis that we buy into. And so when we go beyond this mass hypnosis, which our spiritual practice will allow you to do that, that is when you really have joy, like sustained joy, like you know, all the time, that is when it's when it's there. That you have to have a spiritual life. And spiritual life not only is about going beyond our labels, but also really connecting with the higher power, understanding that there is a source of happiness, there is a source of joy I can connect with. And that source of joy and that source of happiness really will make my life better. And to go beyond this very tiny world, this very tiny worldview that we have, right? It's just very self-absorbed, self-centered worldview, which happens when we are label conscious.
0: So to come out of this this I'm this little person stuck in this little world, you know, me, 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 what am I gonna get? What am I gonna eat? What am I gonna buy? But to have a, a an expanded awareness, a bigger paradigm, bigger reality of who I am and what life is about, and who I'm connected to, and what I can experience on a spiritual level, right? Mm, you know, so
1: those are the four things. Well, that's wonderful.
0: <laughs> that's there's there's a wonderful expression um, that that God is the remover of sorrow and the bestower of happiness. So that's the,
1: absolutely
0: the source of happiness comes from somewhere else, doesn't it? A higher level.
1: Yes. Yes. It's a different kind of happiness. No, it's a difference. It's a bliss beyond the senses. It's a joy beyond the senses that you get when you connect with God. You know, like, let's say you would understand this like tea, right? Let's say you really are drinking your favorite tea. I like tea. And there's a certain, yeah, I know there's a certain amount of joy. there's a certain amount of joy you have from for drinking your favorite tea, but that joy really is coming from the physical senses. Oh
0: come on! Don't talk to my tea like this. Sheree. You're breaking my heart here. No, no, I'm like, like, it's time for tea. It's time for tea. It's time for tea. But it's true; it is coming from the senses. That's right.
1: It is coming from the senses, like like chocolate, right? I mean, chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So many, so many chocolates the other day. Uh, so um, it's like eating chocolate. It's like you really feel happy. You do really feel happy. But they are the senses are giving you happiness, right? And there is a um, expir- expiration date for that. Like, let's say I love chocolate, right? Like, I love single-source chocolate. So if, so if, you know, if you're
0: going uh? to be sending special gifts to Shireen, it has to be single-source chocolates. Yeah, chocolate. yeah, no, no, no um, don't send me. No, 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 no. I, don't, just eat just I don't, yeah. <laughs> don't eat that
1: much of it. I don't eat that much of it. So, uh, but let's say I eat a bar. I can't eat a bar. I can only eat a little bit at a time. Well, I can eat a whole and bar and th- I, 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 <laughs> that gives s- me happiness. Okay, that gives me happiness. But like, I can't eat ten bars. Like, ten bars will not make me happier. Just one part of one bar will make me happy. But this, uh, so it has a lifespan, and it also it's like, a, what is that law of uh, diminishing returns? Yeah, yeah. The first, Where you the first put bite. more and more, and
0: you. Yeah, your first bite is great, second bite is nice, and after a while, it starts to make you sick, and then you start, it becomes um, torture, doesn't it? If someone has is forced to eat 100 chocolate bars, they're gonna be throwing up and feeling sick rather than it bringing any joy at all. So, right. yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it?
1: And so, um, but when you're connected with the Supreme Source, right, with God, the one who removes your sorrow and gives you happiness, He really is, removes your sorrow and gives you happiness, like it keeps increasing. It's, it's not a diminishing returns. No. It keeps increasing.
0: It gets better.
1: That is what it. Yes, it gets better and better and better, and it keeps increasing. And that's so wonderful. Like, like, why would, why would we deprive ourselves of that? We need to look into that, right? Why am I not connecting to this source? Why am I not connecting to this wonderful source of happiness? That's a to- different topic in itself.
0: We'll have to talk about that another time. But this is this is a very, very, very deep thing. I remember, the, the, like I, I've talked about this in previous um, uh, episodes, that there's all these things we do to try and be happy, right? And they have a limit, and then they run out, and they bring us back. And there's all these physical things, and chocolate, and coffee, and all this stuff, right, and drugs, and whatever else. And it, it goes up and down. And then we do meditation, and the sort of meditation that we teach is becoming soul conscious, and there's an expression becoming body-less, you know, where you kind of go beyond the limits of the body. And my own experience of this, because I've done this for many years, is when I'm really bodyless less and, and go beyond, uh, I'm not aware of my body at that time, and I experience this wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, expanded, loving, but blissful state of being. And then, of course, you know, we have to come back into the awareness of the body, because we're here and we have to do things. When you come back, we actually... This is my personal experience. I feel like I've taken really good drugs or something. And what I learned um, from someone who did research on this is that when you go beyond the body and come back, it actually releases DMT, the chemical DMT, which people take DMT and they smoke it and there's a special toad that they lick and all these various like things people do to try and get DMT. So the ir- irony is that when we let go of everything, we actually get chemically get this blissful feeling when we come back without buying drugs or taking anything or doing anything or spending any money. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? Isn't that like a Amazing, really, right? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's that the, you, best,
1: <laughs> the best source of happiness. Isn't The that best source of happiness, right? Ultimately, the best source of happiness is within you. And the best source of happiness you don't have to pay any money for. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> you just disconnect from being a label. <sighs> like why would you want to be a label it's so limiting
0: <laughs> yeah so limiting i'm this little person and i'm going to go shopping and buy all this stuff and then i'm going to have to deal with it and, and get rid of it and get caught up in it and have to but that sounds like it. hell to me it's hell and then I. it sounds like hell thing. to
1: me because first i mean like all that stuff in the house i would go crazy i can't think straight when there's this stuff in the oh house God, it's
0: awful yeah I mean some people they have a, a proper addiction and their whole house gets filled up and, and they can't get rid of anything and but this is this is what an awful waste of time to to spend to spend time looking for things first of all shopping and then waiting for it to come if it's coming online and then having to get have it around it's taking up space and then having to get rid of it and all of that time could have been spent just being happy
1: Absolutely
0: <laughs> oh what a relief Well, thank you, Shireen, for this uh, enlightening masterclass on happiness. Thank you,
1: Michael. Always a pleasure talking to you.
0: Always a pleasure. Do we have a blessing?
1: Right. Blessing. I forgot the blessing. Oh, yes. Okay, now I have the book today. Yay.
0: Look at the book. Everyone should get a copy of that. This is immediate happiness given to you straight away without having to do anything. That's what a blessing is.
1: So I want you to think of this blessing as a uh, something that God is giving it to you. You don't have to work for it. You just have to come into the awareness. Just remember, into the awareness, no work. You don't have to go strive for it, into the awareness. Insight, you've harnessed the power of insight, using it as a lens to peer beneath what's visible The world has revealed its depths to you. Your newfound power grants you access to life's wonders, which you embrace with heartfelt appreciation.
0: Mm, That's fascinating. So this is really what we've been talking about today, is to see below the surface to what is really going on and to experience all the wonders that exist. Ah, yes. So thank you so much for, for your presence, Shireen, and for everyone Watching or listening, and let's uh, maybe finish with a big smile. Let's <laughs> take a, a few minutes, a few seconds to smile, big, big smile. Ah, and this is something we can do all the time. Remember that we're spiritual beings, a beautiful smile, be grateful. Ah, yes, and connect with that beautiful source of happiness. Spend our time doing things that is truly meaningful and inspiring our mission. And our baseline level of happiness will keep getting higher and higher and higher and higher. Yay. Thank you so much. and Many, many blessings.